0: One of the reasons that we must remain connected to a church community, I think one of the reasons is because we tend to forget who we are. We tend to forget who we are in Christ Jesus. And I think being in a church, being in a community, you get, you get to be reminded day after day who you are in Christ, why you are here, what our mission is as a church. So, uh, you know, that if you were isolated, you were by yourself, you're never going to remember that. Remember that. So I think one of the reasons why we need to be plugged in, why we need to be connected in a a church family, is to be reminded. Day after day, through the songs, through the meditation, through the preaching, we get to be reminded who we are in Christ. I mean, let's face it, we live in a world, you know, we battle so many different things internally and externally. At times, you may feel like giving up. You, You might be tempted to stop running your race. And then you're gonna have brothers and sisters in Christ around you to remind you and to cheer you on to say, "Hey, keep going, keep going, regardless of the pain, regardless of whatever it is you're going through." They're gonna say, "Don't give up, don't throw the towel yet." You see, a large number of our country's population may identify themselves as Christians, but what does it actually mean to that? When you say, "I'm a Christian." You know, the, like I said, the majority in our country, people say they are, they are Christians, but they might not even go to church. You know, I always struggle with that. How can you be a Christian and you don't even go to church? Because all the Christians that I see in the Bible, they were connected to a church. But meanwhile, in our society, because I think we have this misconception of what a Christian is supposed to be. And I think, amen to that. And I think all of us need to go to the scripture to redefine our ways, to redefine our theology. I mean, who were called Christians in the Bible? Because, you know, we got people in a society, they call themselves Christians by name. But they're not, they're not associated to a church. They don't go to church. They might not even pray that much or read the Bible. I mean, the polls are out there for you to look into that. But what does it mean to be a Christian? I want to give you a biblical definition of what a Christian is uh, as we go through the text. You see, the Bible... Gives us many imageries or metaphors to help us understand who we are. Once we choose to follow Jesus, the Christians was the name given to the disciples of Jesus. Disciples of Jesus. Now, when you read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you hear about the disciples of the 12 disciples. What is a disciple? A disciple is a student, a learner. So when you hear disciples, a.k.a. also known as students, the Greeks were known by that. Like Plato, Aristotle, they had disciples. And they called them peripateo, which means walking learners. Because what it was, it's just like Jesus' time. The teacher would go and the disciples would follow. And then he would sit down to teach and then disciples. are le- So the disciples are the ones who were given the name Christians for the first time in a, in a city called Antioch, which is modern-day Turkey. That was the first time in the Bible, Acts eleven twenty six, The first time ever you hear the word Christians. And he says... And the disciples were called Christian for the first time in Antioch. You can look it up and hold me accountable right there. The word Christians appears three times in the Bible. Twice in Acts and the third time is in First Peter. Peter said, rejoice that if you suffer as a Christian, that you carry the name. Wow. You know. Christian. Who were the Christians? The disciples of Jesus. They were the ones that were given the name Christians. Disciples of Jesus. Because they were, their lives, everything about them was patterned by Jesus himself. That's the master. That's the Lord they follow. Disciples are students. You know, in, in martial arts, you, the sensei. you follow in that particular uh, uh, martial arts. Uh, and so, you got disciples. Now, when you're a teacher, you have students they're learning from you. And so the disciples are the ones who were given the name Christians. Now, th- like I said, in the Bible, you encounter a lot of metaphors in the script to understand, to understand us, to, to know our identity, who we are once we say yes to Jesus. Once you choose to follow Jesus. Now, one of those metaphors that I want to utilize today is in 2 Corinthians 5.17. You got your Bible, Second Corinthians 5.17. I think we all, we, also, we all should memorize that verse. It's simple. If anybody is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has gone. The new has begun. That's it. You can even put them into a song to remind you. That way you remember this is who you are now. So, are you there already, 2 Corinthians? Do you see it? Paul said, Therefore, if anybody is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. The old has gone. Behold, the new has begun. Or the new has started. And then he said in, the, in verse 18. All this is from God. Who through Christ reconciled us to himself. And gave us the ministry of reconciliation. I want to leave it there. Because I want to do a sequel like I said. So I'm going to just take us two verses. So that we unpack what, it, what we're finding here. This idea of a new identity in Christ. Now mind you. Paul is writing to a church. And he says. Therefore. So, because of what I told you, if anybody is in Christ, he or she is a new creation. The old has passed away; the old is gone; the new has begun. Now, this idea that a Christian—this is my definition of what a Christian is—based on that text, a Christian is someone who is in Christ. Like Mike and I always talk about, Mike Dylan says, "Sounds so simple, right?" And it is. Sometimes we complicate it. A Christian is somebody who is in Christ. Now, you and I need to find out what does it actually mean to be in Christ. You know, and the Bible has so many prepositions. Some of you who go to school, you know what a preposition is. You know, like for instance, like in, through, by. Those are, pre- so in Christ. A preposition used to indicate inclusion, location, or position within limits. So this is where you find yourself now, in Christ. Paul says, if anybody is in Christ, So this is your location. This is this is where you find yourself. Let me help you understand. This morning when you got up, you were in a bedroom. Then you went in the bathroom. You know, you went out on top of the... You were not at the bathroom. You were in. That's where you found yourself. Then you got in the car, drove here, got into this building. Later on when we get out, we go in the kitchen or you might go in the bathroom. That's what you find. That's the preposition. In. So... A lot of times when you read the Bible, you hear through Christ, by Christ, in Him. So, what is, what is the Bible doing? It's te- teaching us, telling us our identity is in Christ. So, if anyone is in Christ, it says he or she is a new creation. This is your location. This is your sphere. In other words, your realm. This is where you find yourself. This is your realm now, that in Christ, right? Now, there's a lot of benefits for you being in Christ. So, you see, you can tell when you're in or when you're not. Like, many, you you know you're married or not. You know it's like, oh, I'm not sure that I'm there. You know you are or not. So, you should know whether you are a Christian or not. So, it's not like, I'm, you know what I mean? That's why Jesus uh, wrote a letter to a church in, in, in the book of Revelation. And he said to them, I wish you were either hot or cold. I mean, you, this wishy-washy thing over here, like, I'm going to spew you out of my mouth. So be one or the other. So you know you are in Christ or not. So if anyone is in Christ, talking about those who already accepted Jesus and they were baptized into His name, you are in Christ. Let me give you more examples in the Bible. Romans 1a. Therefore, there's the word again, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Man, that's a blessing. There's no wrath, there's no judgment for those who are in Christ Jesus because Jesus, just like when you're driving a car before and you get into an accident, because you are in the car, you, the car might be damaged and everything, but you'll be okay. Because before they hit you, they have to destroy the car. in you're in that sphere, in that location. So there's now no condemnation, no judgment for those who are in Christ Jesus. You, you realize the benefit that we have because we are in Christ. You and I do not have to worry about Judgment Day. You know, the bad part of Revelation, a lot of people, a lot of Christians are afraid to read Revelation because you hear about angels blowing trumpets and there's like wrath happening. So you and I don't have to worry about that because you are in Christ. That's not for you. But if you're not in Christ, get ready. That's what you get. There's There's now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Then Paul, once again, in Galatians, he says, Here, there's neither Jew or Greek. There's neither slave or free. There's no male and female. For you are all one in Christ. You see, in Christ, it doesn't matter where you come from, how, what languages you speak. We all can be one, brothers and sisters, in Christ. Isn't that amazing? You have brothers and sisters that you don't even know yet. One of them might be calling you right now. <laughs> it, it, it's like you have brothers and sisters. I mean, you, you don't even know They're all over the place because in Christ, back in those days, Jews did not get along with Greeks. Remember the Samaritan woman told Jesus, how is it that you being Jew, talk to me as a Samaritan woman. Jesus said, you don't get it. The time is coming. It doesn't matter what you worship because God's seeking true worshipers. And the Jews really looked down on, on, on Greeks and Samaritans. And Paul says, hey, in Christ, we all can be brothers and sisters. We can be one. We can be one family. Regardless of your social status, regardless of your economic, uh, economic status, status, you all can be one in Christ Jesus. Because if anybody is in Christ, he is a new creation. Now you see, being in Christ gives you this new identity. This is who you are now. This is where you find yourself now. You see, before you, knew, before you got to know Jesus, you operated by a different, set of, uh, by a different identity. And I want to show you in Ephesians 2. Before you got to know Jesus, this is who you were before. Ephesians 2, verse 1 through 3. The same writer, Paul says, As for you, he said, You were dead in your trespasses and sins, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also live among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. If you keep on reading Ephesians, and then the following one. But God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive in Christ. That's a preposition again. Everywhere you in Christ, through Christ, you're saved by grace through faith in Christ. Preposition. That's where you find yourself. So you and I need to understand, this is what a Christian is, somebody who is in Christ. This is our sphere. This is our location, our realm. You find yourself in Christ. You, you are a new creation now, the Bible talks about. The all has, so all the idea that we operated by by the sinful nature and, and, and operate. it says by the spirit that is now at work in those who are disobedient, people that did not obey God, they operate by a different uh, set of, Sphere. They operate by what, what the Bible calls the sinful nature. And Paul says, all of us lived among them at one time. How? We were gratifying the cravings of our flesh, of our sinful desire. That's what I would tell people, you know. You, you always hear that in, in, in movies when people say, oh, just follow your heart. I think that's the worst advice you can give somebody. Nowhere in the Bible we're told to follow our heart. It says, guide your heart because the heart is deceitful if i follow my heart i will get in trouble every day <laughs> being honest being honest. you know it's like you had to guide this thing because i mean you know it's a sinful nature in us i always tell i always tell people look you never had to teach a kid how to get angry now some of you who are parents you was like you know people must say like they got that from their mom or dad it's like what is this what's going on it comes in the package. We just did not read the instruction. They just, they know how to get angry. It's like, and now we have to teach it, be kind to your brother, be kind to your sister. Because, you see, it's easy to be nasty to people. What we have to work on is loving people. And that, you know, that's what we have. Because the simple nature is in us. We live in a world that's saturated by sin. It is in us already. How do I know that? Because we are born after Eden. After the fall man, we're all being stained by this thing called sin. And it doesn't take too long for sin to just be manifested. All it takes is somebody to cut me up on the road. And I'm just, you know, it's right there. Like, she was like, what, where is that coming from? And so you said, that's how we operate. And so now that we're in Christ, we're like, okay, thank you, Lord. You know, sometimes I, I thank my wife because, you know, sometimes we go on the road. And I, I can be aggressive driving. Somebody cut, one time, somebody cut me off, almost had into an accident. And I almost turned the car around to chase that person. That's the pastor. You know, the same, and then she went and says like, she said to me, let it go. And Jesus, uh, thank God she was right there. Because, you know, <laughs> to me it's like, what? what's wrong with people? You know, but it's in a sinful nature. Right? They're not in Christ. You know, those who are in Christ, they should drive differently. Those who are in Christ, they should, they should uh, treat people differently. You know, but sometimes, you know, the Bible calls this, uh, friction that we have this war between the spirit and the sinful nature, and they always like this. I always picture that like Tom and Jerry, the cartoon. Remember Tom and Jerry? There's a little angel telling them, Kill, you know, and this is oh, don't do it. And so, you and I find ourselves in the middle like, Who's gonna win the battle? The one you pay attention to. And even though we're Christian, we still struggle with that sinful nature. That's what Paul says. If you're in Christ, you, you're a new creation now. The old has gone. But you have to be reminded because sometimes we forget. Like I say, it only takes somebody just to look at you funny. It's like, mm, you know. And in Christ Lord, uh, Many, many years ago, there was a, a bracelet somebody created. It, it, it was called, What Would Jesus Do? I don't know if you remember that. It's almost every time that you go through, it's like, why would Jesus do it? he... If somebody just cut him off in traffic. Now, my dear said that Jesus didn't have a car, so we don't know. But the thing is, like, okay, Jesus, like, guide me because, you know, without you, that's like the song, Lord, I need you. Without you, I can get in trouble very quickly. And if I'm in Christ now, okay, so there's so many benefits for being in Christ. And, you know, also, through the Bible, we find out what it means and what it is that he expects of you, what what he expects of me. Now that we are followers of Jesus. So this is the condition or location of all who have not trusted in Jesus for salvation. They are deserving wrath. The Bible says in John 1, 11. He, Jesus, came to his own people. Yet some people did not receive Him. Yet to those who received Him, to those who believed in His name, He gave them the right to be made children of God. By faith in Christ, Paul said in Galatians 3, 26, all of us who were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. This is a new identity. It's almost like you took the old self and now the new self over here. But sometimes we're tempted to take it off again because we're battling with sin. So that's why we always need to be reminded, you are in Christ. You know, people that are in Christ, they behave differently. You know, uh Chase and I play softball and your side too. Uh, uh, supposed to, supposed to be in a church league, and sometimes I'm amazed some of the F-bomb that I hear in there. I'm thinking, how are we supposed to be a church league? And it's like <laughs> we should talk differently. You know, but sometimes like we need to, in Christ, you know what I mean? It's like they, they strike out or they don't do well, and it's like, here's the S, yes. and it's like, oh my Lord. And, you know, sometimes I think church uh, teams are worse than secular teams. And it's so sad. It's almost like because we need to be reminded, church church people, you should should have a different vocabulary. You should talk different than everybody else because we are in Christ. That's what he expects of us. You see, when you become a Christian, the Bible says that you make a transition. Uh, The moment you say yes to Jesus, uh, many of us are familiar with this idea of being born again. You born again. Nicodemus did not understand that. And because you make a transition from darkness, the realm of darkness into the realm of light. Jesus is called the light. So you were here before in darkness, you were here in deserving death and wrath, and Jesus transitioned you from death into life, from darkness into light. From the realm and dominion of darkness, to the kingdom of light. So that's why later on he says. You are the light of the world. Jesus said. So th- you made a transition. You made a transition from the old self. The sinful nature. To the new self. That, that is created in Christ Jesus. You find yourself in Christ now. That's what Paul says. The old is gone. <clears throat> the new has begun. I love it Because. The moment, the moment you step out of the water of baptism, you are giving a new identity. Amen. Romans 6.4 says, listen to the preposition. <clears throat> you were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too may walk in newness of life. If, anybody, if anyone is in Christ, he or she is a new creation. The old has gone. The new has begun. And he said, oh, this is from God. <clears throat> it was God's idea to give you and I a new identity. A new creation. And you know, this is important because in our society that we live in, people suffer so much from identity crisis. Nowadays, people don't even know who they are. I mean, when you think about it, people, might not know that whether they're female or male. I mean, I, you know, it's like, and God already created you. He said you need to find yourself in Me. You see, the government government doesn't dictate who I am or who you are. God does. He said, if anybody if anybody is in Christ, He says you are a new creation. It was God's plan and purpose to make you new, to give you a new birth. A new identity that is found in Him. That's why He says, All oh, this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to Himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. It was God's plan from the beginning to, to have this, this idea of a new birth in you. So that you and I be able to make a transition. From the old to the new. From darkness into light. He provided the way by which people can be made new. He provided the way by which people can be made right with God. In the way that's called Jesus. Through Jesus we have being reconciled. Now you know the word reconciliation. I'll be talking more about that next week. For reconciliation to take place. It happens that we were friends and now we're not. And now we need to be made friends again. That's the whole idea of reconciliation. So it says God reconciled us to himself through Christ Because we were enemies of God at one time How? How? Because we were following the sinful nature <clears throat> Because we operated by a different set of uh, standards Jesus in his death brought us reconciliation, restoration So that our relationship with God We can be, we can be at peace with him it's almost like at the cross, Jesus is taking our hand in God's hand and said, hey, you can be reconciled now. <clears throat> reconciliation took place through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. All of this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. You see, regardless where you are, regardless of what you're dealing with in this world, regardless of what goes on in my life, in your life, in the world, you must always remember that you are in Jesus. <clears throat> That's your identity now. You're, <clears throat> you're not defined by the world, by the government, by your own feelings even. You know, sometimes we wanna define, because I feel right this way. You know, I'm not hurting. The problem is that you cannot define yourself. We, if we know what love is, it's because God is love. If we know who we are, it's because of God already decided for us to get to know him. He tells us who we are. He's the creator. You know, the creator tells the creature, the creator, is like, this is who you are in me. This is what I expect of you. Your identity, like I said, is not defined by the world. God defines it. And Paul says, hey... If you are in Christ, you have a new self, new creation, new identity. You are a new creation. Mm. I, don't know, I don't know about you. So I, need, I, need, I need a new creation on my throat right now. I don't know about you, but sometimes you get up in the morning and you don't feel like a new creation. Issues that you have. how is it the Bible says that I'm a new creation but I don't I don't feel like one because you need to be reminded that this is who you are now if God already said you are beautiful you are valuable you are worth it all that we have to do is believe what the creator said you might get up in the morning you don't feel pains and aches like I'm getting old you know it's like and God says yes but you're beautiful wonderfully made I made you And that has value. You see, all the worldviews don't give you don't they don't bring meaning to life. We find meaning to life through God because if He created you, that means you are special. You are special to the point that He sent Jesus to die for you. Even though you and I were misbehaving kids, we were going the opposite direction, and Jesus said, "I love you that much that I'm willing to sacrifice myself for you to cleanse you to make you right." Isn't that amazing? That's what God has done. I mean, that's what we cannot even fathom his love. That he will love me. He will love you when we don't choose him all the time. I mean, I don't know about you, but that boggles my mind. All this is from God who reconciled you to himself and gave you the ministry of reconciliation. My friends, you and I are a new creation in Christ. To be continued.